Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Welcome to Life West. Stick around afterwards. I'd love a chance to meet you. I really would. And welcome. So you're at our 10 o'clock service, and you just got to know this. We are growing And so September 11th, so the second Sunday in September, we're going to go to two services. So come on. We're going to have a 9 and an 11. So you get to pick one and show up, but it's going to be great. So we're coming to two services in September, so it's just a couple of weeks away. But we're in this series right now, and we're calling it Upside Down. And when something gets upside down, it's not good. Right? Like, it, it changes things. I remember when I, was, when I was 16, I was driving late one night, and long story, really short, I spun a car around backwards and then kind of just went off a steep embankment in the snow, and the car tipped onto its side. And when the car tipped over onto its side, I had a portable CD player. Anybody knows what, know what that is, a portable CD player? Well, mine had ESP. Anybody know what ESP is? Some electronic skip protection. And I remember uh, the car spun around backwards and tipped over and it stopped on its side. And I can still, as I tell the story, I can hear that mirror, the passenger mirror crushing up against the, the ground. And then my CD player that was right in the middle and then it was connected to the car with a little tape adapter. Come on. And so it was in there. And when I flipped over, the CD player flew down to the bottom, and then hit the passenger's window, but it didn't skip. <laughs> Come on. And I was like, wow. And then I'm like, oh, I'm on my side. This isn't good. And I unbuckled without thinking. And when I did, I just went, oh, boom. And I kissed the bottom of the car, which was the passenger window, and there was an ice scraper that wherever it was in the car made it to the bottom, and I still have a red dot right here with that ice scraper because I just went, boom, and hit that. That was on its side. That's not even upside down. So think about that when you're thinking of upside down, because here's where where some of this is coming from. Acts 17 tells the story of some Christians who come to a city, and they get hauled before the magistrates because of what they were saying. And this is what they said about them. They said, the people, these two men have turned the world upside down And now they've come here. Upside down changes everything. It shifts and everything comes undone and things that you didn't know where were, suddenly you find them and everything's all over the place. Upside down. Christianity is meant to change us. It looks, and this is what they said about those Christ followers. It says they turned the world upside down. They were changing normals. They completely shifted and changed it. And so what we're doing is we're talking about some of those changes, some of those changes. And in Luke 9, 44, Jesus is talking, he's talking to his disciples, and he he says this, he says, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Now, if Jesus says listen carefully, I think we should. If you're his disciple, I think you'd pay attention to this part. He says this, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand. His disciples didn't understand what it meant. The meaning was hidden from them, 
So they did not, so they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. Verse 46. So one verse before, Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to be betrayed. A verse later, verse 46, and an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Hey, by the way, I'm going to die. Which one of us is going to be the greatest? You ever just look at the disciples and just get a little like sigh of relief? You're like, oh, they weren't that great. Like, he did not pick the sharpest tools in the shed. Like, there's hope for me. Like, I get that every time. I'm like, oh, good. Oh. But this is what they begin to argue about. They argue about which one is the best, which one is the greatest. And the reason why they're doing this is because they're following Jesus, and they believe he is the king, which he is, but they also believe that he's going to restore the kingdom of Israel that he's going to sit on his physical throne on earth like, like soon. Like over and over we find the disciples and that's what they're asking. They're like, hey, um, now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, are we going to do this now? Like, when is this going to happen? And he's like, guys, you're not getting this. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. This, this isn't the time. This isn't when that's going to happen. So they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Like, who's going to be number two? And Jesus says this to them. Verse 47, knowing their thoughts... Jesus took a little child, this is verse 47, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is the least among you who is the greatest. They're wanting to know who's... Who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all times? Who's who's the greatest? And Jesus is like, I'll tell you who. It's the one that's serving the little children. He's like, you want to be the greatest? This is completely upside down. The world then and still today tells you you should be served. That like the greatest thing that you can do is save up enough money so that all that you have to do is sit by a pool and have people bring you drinks. Like, that's what you're living for. And you're like, Isn't, no, no, thank you. But that, that's, that's what is being sold. Well, the greatest would be, well, if you can go on this cruise and we'll do everything for you and you don't have to do anything. And... But Jesus says, you want to know who's the greatest? It's the servant. This is completely different. This is upside down. Where everybody else wants to get to the top. I mean, have you ever talked to anybody about their career and they're just like, I'm just going down that ladder as fast as I can? No, they're trying to get to the top, which it makes sense. There's better perks, better pay. They're trying to get to the top. That, that, that's what we try to do. You ever talk to somebody about their career and they're like, well, what are you doing? Like, well, I'm just serving. Not Not really. They're like, I'm working hard, I'm trying to get here, this this is what we're doing. But the kingdom of God is completely different. But service is meant to be the mark of a Christ follower, that we do it different. Serving is what we do. In Matthew 20, 25, Jesus again is talking about this. Jesus called his disciples together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so among you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be the servant. 
and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's to be the mark of a believer is that we are to serve. Years ago, um, I, was, I was serving at church, and, and I worked in the youth, and I'm, I was a teenager myself, maybe 16, 17 years old, and I'm in the sound booth. And, and we're in, it was called the 180. It was this room maybe about twice as long as this, a little bit bigger than this here. And, and I'm in there, and I'm in the sound booth. And it's just this big room with bunches of teenagers just hanging out and having fun and pool tables and video games and these things. But I'm in the sound booth because that's what I did is I ran sound, and it was really fun, and I didn't have to talk to a lot of people, and that was great. So I'm just up in the sound booth, and somebody comes up to the sound booth. He's got this door, and they knock on it, and I open up the door. I'm like, what's going on? And this guy looks at me, and he goes, um who's in charge around here? And I don't recognize this guy. And I'm there every day, every week. Like, I'm, I'm there. I, I know what's happening. And I'm like, who is this guy? And he goes, um, could, you, could you help me find who's, who's in charge? He's like, um, God sent me here, and I have a word I'm supposed to share today. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's a little weird. Why are you telling a 16-year-old kid that? I'm like, all right. So I take him, and I'm like, let's go, let's go find Pastor Scott. So we go, and I'm like, this is, this is going to be fun. And so I take him over to Pastor Scott, and I'm like, hey, um, this, this is the guy that's in charge. And I just kind of stand back, and I'm like, I get to watch. And so I stand there, and he says, um, hi, and he says his name. I don't remember what that was, but he says, I'm here because God told me I'm supposed to come and share tonight. I have a word. And I'm like, he's talking like Scott doesn't understand English. But anyways, I don't know why he talks so slow. But Scott just looks at him and says, oh, that's great. You're here. Okay. Um, I tell you what, that part doesn't come. And he did not, Scott did not miss a beat. He just looks at this guy and says, well, that part of the service isn't for quite a while yet. So I tell you what, you can just hang out in here. And you know, the, the kids trash this room. So why don't you just go ahead and pick up trash for now? And that part will come later. And then Scott just walks off and just leaves this guy standing there. And he's like, he just gets this like lost look on his face. And I'm kind of like, I've made my way over to back to the sound booth and now I'm paying more attention to what this guy's doing than anything else. And he's just kind of walking around. And, and I, if I remember right, I think he picked up like one piece of trash. And then he's just kind of just looking around. And then he, he kind of wanders around the room for a little bit, wanders his way out, and then just disappears. And I'm like, that is so bizarre. So... A day or two go by, and I get to talk to Pastor Scott, and I go, hey, I go, what was that? And he goes, yeah, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? I'm like, you just left him in there. And he goes, no, I didn't. I go, yes, you did. What were you doing? And he's like, well, I'll tell you what I did. He goes, I walked out and got someone from security to go and watch him. And I'm like, well, that was a good idea. <laughs> and he goes, but if God sent him, he goes, then we want to hear what he has to say. He goes, but if God sent him, He'll have a servant's heart, and he'll have no trouble just picking up trash. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> like, yup. Because the mark of a Christ follower is we serve. That's what we do. It's who we are because that's, that's what we do. Dogs bark because they're dogs, and they just bark. And we've got a little one, and he just barks at things that he's seen before. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? It's a rock. It was there yesterday. But something will change, and he'll just decide that he needs to bark at that rock for like a really long time. And I'm like, cut it out. But he's a dog, and he barks. We're Christ followers. We're servants, and we're meant to serve. Like, that's, that's what we're meant to do. That's to be the, the mark of a Christ follower is that they serve. Jesus came, and what did he do? He served. He served to the point of giving his life. He served. It's what we are meant to do. It's what we're meant to be. And John, John 13, verse 12, he says this. Again, we see Jesus is talking. And when he had finished, he actually went, well, actually, before we get into this, he, they were at a meal, and they're all eating, and the Bible says that Jesus got up, and while they're all eating, he begins, he takes off his robe, grabs a towel, wraps it around him, and begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now, I don't know how many of you love feet, but they're usually not the cleanest. The other day, my, we were watching TV, and, and one of my kids put their feet by me, like, will you rub my feet? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I touched it. And I was like, no, that is dirty and stinky. Get that away from me. And then it had just been in a sock for a little while. They're like, please, come on, come on. I'm like, no, it's dirty, it's nasty. But Jesus begins to wash their feet. They were in sandals. And they walked roads that horses and camels and animals went up and down every day, all the time. He begins to wash their feet. And then when he finishes, he says this. In John 13, 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place, and he says, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. He's not talking about like, there's not a basin out there. Okay, we're not about to have a foot washing thing. He, says, he, he goes, you call, me, sir, you call me Lord, King? He says, that's what I am, and I just washed your feet. Do you want to know the example he goes, here it is. You're going to wash one another's feet. You're going to take care of each other. Verse 15, I've set you an example that you should follow. Do as I have done for you. Verily I tell you, no servant is greater than the master. He says, if I've done it, then you're going to be doing this. Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He's like, you need to know this. Every single one of us, we need to have the place that we go to that we can just serve at. You might be a doctor, a surgeon, and when it's time, you're, you're the manager, you're the head honcho, you're the CEO, and you're calling all the shots, and people do what you say, and, and they bring you what you need, when you need it, the way that you need it, the way that you want it. You might get there, and red carpet rolls out, and they bring it out, and fly private, whatever you do, but every one of us need to serve. We need the place that we serve. We need to go and be like, okay, well, here I serve. We need people and we need a place 
that we can serve because that's what we're meant to do. We are meant to serve. It is, it is what is in us. We're meant to do it. Now, when I say that, some of you are like, well, that's not fun. And, and, and isn't that the greatest thing that I'm supposed to do is like have fun and doesn't God just want me happy? Well, think about it this way. Who made you? God made you, God made me. Who wired you? God wired you, God wired me. I've been working in this barn, and, and we bought this place. It's got this barn and, and, and the electrical. I'm looking at the electrical, and the other day I, I open up the box, and I look at it, and I'm like, what did he do? I'm like, there's wires going in it, and then they don't even connect to anything. They come right back out into an electric box, and then it comes back out and then goes to this little box on the wall that then has a pl- I'm like, what in the world did he do? And then I'm like, there's, there's one outlet for this one breaker. One breaker, one outlet. I'm like, really? Is there anything else on this? But there's walls in the barn, and I can't see, so you want to know what I want to do? I want to call Roger and be like, okay, what? Because you wired this, and you know why you did what you did. Before I just get in here and start doing things, because I can mess some stuff up. I am good at that. I'm like, I got I to gotta ask him, okay, why did you do this? What is this doing? Where does this go? Does this affect something that I don't understand? Is there something else that I don't see? Because I'm going to get into this. I got to change some things around. But he's the one that wired it. And if Roger knows, I need to ask him. God wired you. And can I just say this? He wired us to serve. Here's an article from Psychology Today. It says this, if anything, it appears that there's a relationship between non-materialism and well-being. It says, while possessing wealth and material goods doesn't lead to happiness, giving them away actually does. God said it. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Then it says this, generosity is strongly associated with well-being. For example, studies of people who practice volunteering, who practice serving, have shown that they have better physical and mental health and increased longevity. You literally live longer because you serve. God wired you. He knows what you need. The benefit of volunteering, the benefit of serving, have been found to be greater than taking up exercise. Come on, for those of you who hate exercise, there you go. (laughs) Just volunteer. Come on, Sunday morning setup, we will take it. Join in with the kids, make some coffee, set up some chairs, run a camera, join the Dream Center downtown, head over to Love, Inc., serve somewhere. Better than exercise. Or attending a religious service, which I'm like, well, duh, you can walk in and walk out of a gym just as easy as you can walk in and walk out of a church. It can make a difference or it won't. In fact, it's even greater than giving up smoking. If you wanted to start smoking or maybe keep smoking, maybe that's your thing too, I don't know. But what is it? It's serving. Another study found out that when people were given a sum of money, they gained more well-being if they spent it on other people or gave it away than spending it on themselves. 
God wired us. He knows what makes you and I tick more than we do. And he's like, look, serve. You want to have some fun? Serve. Be a servant. We're meant to be servants, you and I, both of us. The greatest joy that you can experience, it's not winning the lottery. It's serving. It's serving. 2 Corinthians 9.11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You and I, we're meant to serve in such a way that it magnifies God, that it points people to Jesus, that we don't just have fun, that we don't just serve, but we do it in such a way that it points people to Jesus. I love how it says that, that through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God, that through us, your serving, your giving, it will result in thanksgiving to God, not a, hey, thank you, Chris, that was so great what you did, no. It will result in thanksgiving to God. That's one of the reasons why I love serving and giving to the local church, is that God gets the glory. It's that God gets the glory for what it is. We are meant to serve. Jesus gave us the example, so how do we do it? What is a servant? Here's a couple, and I say a couple because I don't know how many I'll get to. But here's a couple, and if I give a number, people are going, hey, you missed it, and we didn't get that last one, and what was it? You will never know. Maybe I'll get to all of them. This is going to drive three of you crazy today. But here we go. <laughs> what is a servant? A servant puts service over status. A servant puts service over status. It's not about your own thing. It's about God. It's about His. James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I've gotten this one wrong. Remember years ago, I was doing, I was doing youth, and that's what I always dreamed about doing was I was going to be a youth pastor. And, and so finally, um, it, it happened and I was doing youth, and my boss came into me and he's like, hey, uh, want to talk to you a minute? And I'm like, yep, what's up? And he's like, we want you to um, step out of youth and begin teaching adults on Wednesday nights. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to adults. Like, no way. I don't want to teach it. Like, I've got nothing to say to those people. Like, no, no, nothing. And he's like, I think you should think about it. I'm like, nope. I even think twice about it. I was like, no. So I go back to doing, doing my thing, just loving it. And that was, that was what we had dreamed about. That's what I went to um, Bible school, particularly for. I was like, this is what it was going to be, and this is what I want to do. And a little while later, he, he came back in, and he goes, no, I, I, I really think that, that you need to come over, and we want you to take over Wednesday nights. We want you to be a teaching pastor on Wednesday nights. We want you to teach. And I go, adults. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no. And later, a little later after that, Beck and I are talking, and I'm like, I'm wrong. I'm like, I'm not here to build my own kingdom. I'm like, if they want us, I'm like, if they ask us to clean toilets, I'd do it. If they're like, hey, we can get more people in the kingdom of God if you'll clean toilets, I, I would do it. And I'm like, all they're asking is, is, is to teach adults. I'm like, I think, I think we can handle it. And she's like, if that's, if that, yeah, yeah, we, if that's what they want us to do, then we're just here to serve and let, let, let's do what they want us to do. And so I went back to, to him and I was like, hey, um, if, that's, if that's how you think we can be the most effective we're, we're in, 
and we're in wholeheartedly, like just tell me when and what and we'll work towards it and we'll do it. So we began that transition. I did not want to do it. But I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We began that transition and I remember we were like three weeks in to, to, to being and teaching on Wednesday nights and teaching to adults and Beck and I are on our way home. And I look over at Beck and I'm like, She's like, I know, I don't ever want to go back to kids again. (laughs) I'm like, me either. Adults are awesome, and they laugh at every joke. See? Like, you even laughed at that. Like, they just do. I'm like, this is just awesome. This is great. And we loved it, but I missed it. I missed it for quite a while because, like, no, this is my thing. But a servant puts service over status. It's not about building our kingdoms or our own things with our own names. It's we serve. And if this is where I can be the most, this is where my need is, I'll give and I'll give my very best any and everywhere that we can. Any and everywhere. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. The second thing that a servant is and that a servant does is they put character over comfort. Um, being a servant isn't, isn't easy. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, it, it just is. It always comes up when you're not ready for it. And you don't want to. I got this one wrong before too. I was, I was serving as a, as a pastor, um, and one of the things that I would do is I would very often go and go to prisons. And somebody who didn't even go to our church, um, a neighbor reached out and was like, hey, um, my boyfriend is in prison, and he's asking if you will come see him. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I get the details for the prison, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see this guy. And I try to go see him, and they're like, oh, um, you're, you're not cleared to go in this prison. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? And they're like, you need to do this, this, and this. So I kind of start getting, get, getting that happen, and I don't remember exactly how much time went by. She comes, the girlfriend comes by again and is like, hey, he'd really like to see you. And I'm like, I'm trying to get in, but they, I, I've got to wait for this stuff to happen. And in the waiting for this to happen, just, just enough time goes by and the prison didn't get back to me and I don't know what happened. I might have slipped through one of their cracks, but it definitely slipped through one of mine where I just, I just didn't really think about it. Again, this wasn't a prison that I had visited regularly. So I didn't get to go. I didn't think about it. You ever had something just completely fall off your radar? Well, that was me. It just completely fell off my radar until, man, I was about a year later that we found out that he'd got out of jail, but he overdosed and died. It was inconvenient for me to go. I didn't go. I could have. Servants. We're meant to be servants. When we get opportunities, can I get a walk? wrong with me. I told this story like three times in my garage, like getting this so I wouldn't cry. It did not work at all. The dogs are looking at me like, what is he doing over there? 
it's going to be inconvenient. But that's what a servant does. And if you get it wrong, don't get, apologize, get up, and get it right the next time. Because yeah. it's all that we get. We can't go back in time. I'd love to, but I can't. But I can decide today, God, if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to serve. It might be inconvenient, because here's what it will be. It will be inconvenient. If it wasn't, it wouldn't even be service. And it might take time out of your schedule. Or you might need to put time in, and it might mean waking up early or going to bed late and showing up and helping and serving, and it's not easy to do when you're taking care of people. But the, you will never regret serving and giving your life to help others and build the kingdom of God. You will not regret it. We're meant to be servants. It will be inconvenient, but we do what we can where we can. The next one is this, is we choose we over me. Have you ever heard the statement, if you want something done right, do it with a team. We're changing it. We're changing it right here. Do it with a team. Because here's the deal. We cannot do near as much alone as we can do together. The body of Christ needs you. Needs the giftings, the talents, the time, the resources, the ability that you have. The body of Christ needs it. Your neighbors need it. Your coworkers need it. Life West needs it. We want to reach more people. Why? Because people count. And as we get an opportunity, we want to serve everyone we can to the best of our ability. As you have opportunity, take it. If you've missed it, like me, Say, I'm sorry, and then we go on from there. And we use that to make sure that we don't miss another one. We choose, we, we need each other. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one because if they, they have a good return. Other translations say a better return on their labor. A better return. We work together because together we can get more done. We get so much more done together. Don't be all alone. Get in a small group and serve together. Get around some people. You're like, well, I don't know where to serve. We've got this thing called Growth Track. It goes on every single Sunday. During that second, right after that second song, that's what you hear. Xavier jumps up here and he's like, hey, Growth Track is dismissed. And what that is, it's a class. It's a four-week-long class. It happens in one of the rooms right behind here where you go, you learn what your giftings and talents are and how to use those to build the kingdom of God. Small groups, what are small groups? You know, one season's kind of winding up right now, but we're getting ready to launch the next one. It's where you take the things that you love and you leverage them for the kingdom of God. Whether it be pickleball, Bible study, book club, coffee, and you get together around these things that you love and you find other people that love them too and you build each other up. You serve those that are around you. You challenge each other and if somebody needs something, maybe you meet a need, maybe connect them with somebody who can and you pray for each other. It's a riot. It's not hard. Just take the thing that you love. Maybe it's mountain biking. We've already got one of those. We could use a few more. They're great. And use it to build the kingdom of God. But let me just tell you this. You were made to serve. Find a place to serve. Find someone to serve. And there's a joy that comes from that that you can't experience. 
by receiving. Jesus said it this way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And the greatest need that anybody has, the greatest service that you can give anybody is introducing them to Jesus. Because the greatest need that anybody has is for a Savior. To know that their sins are forgiven, that they're set free, free from the shame and guilt of their past and on their way to heaven. My prayer for you as a... I heard another pastor was doing this this week and I was like, I'm doing that. So on Tuesday, I started this. On Tuesday, I started praying for you and I pray that each and every one of you between now and Christmas would have the joy of personally leading someone to Christ. That he brings people across your path that you choose to serve. It's going to be inconvenient. It'll cost you. It always does. But there's so much joy that comes from it. God wired you. He knows how you tick. Don't be afraid. Dive in. The kingdom of God needs who you were created to be. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As we're closing out this service, before we leave, like I just said, the greatest need that anyone has, it's Jesus. It's not food. It's not water. It's not clothes. It's Jesus. If you're here and you don't know where you stand with God, I'd love the honor of praying with you. I'd love the honor. And when we say amen, right there in your seat, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God, that you're forgiven, set free, and begin to walk out that relationship that he has with you. Discover the gifts and talents that he's put inside you and how you can use them to build the kingdom of God, how to make a difference in this world. that's you or maybe you're here this morning or watching wherever you are and you're like you know there's a time I was living for God but I turned my back against him and man, I just need to come back I need to come all in I've been just kind of walking and looking at this thing Christians and following Jesus and I just need to dive in I just need to do it if you're either of those I'd love the honor of praying with you I'm just going to ask if that's you at the count of three that you just lift your hand lift it up high and I'll pray with you right in your seat when we say amen. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. Begin to walk out that, that life with him. Get ready. One, two, three. Shoot it up right now. Say, that's me. And today is my day. I'm giving. I'm coming back. Hi, thank you. All right. Let's just pray this all together with those that lifted their hands online as you say this those that lifted their hands as you say these words. Make them your own. Say them from your heart. Let's just all pray this together. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. Forgive me and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.